welcome to Brick and Mortar. On this podcast, we aim to break down complex real estate issues with radical transparency, honesty, and analysis. This means actual, intimate exploration of the nuts and bolts of the real estate investment and development space, including how to find good investments, negotiate good deals on those investments, how to finance them, and how to develop real estate and engineer property for long-term success. If you want to find me, I am on the internet at danielfoch.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-F-O-C-H.com, where all of my social media links are available, most of which are just at Daniel Foch. Thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate you giving us a listen, and we would also appreciate it if you reached out to us on social media with any feedback you have on the episode or the direction that we're headed in. And if you can let us know how we can make content that helps us achieve our goal of breaking down real estate for everyday folk like you and I. So I am here with Danielle Kelly from Danielle Kelly Designs. Hey Dan, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so we like to start with a little bit of an introduction. Um, I'm going to record one before, but if you can give me a little bit of a, a background on yourself, what you do, how you do it, and, and what it took for you to get where you are right now. Yeah, for sure. So I went to Georgian College, which is located in Barrie, for interior design. It was a three-year program. A lot of work, a lot of long nights, but definitely worth it. Um, after school, I worked for a home stager. Uh, then I worked for a kitchen designer, and then I worked for a design firm. So after working for all those people, I felt like I gained enough experience to start my own company. And now in 2020, it'll be my fifth year of business, nice. owning my own business. So. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, a lot of the people that we cater to in our audience sort of are, are young people working in the real estate space and mm-hmm. um, a lot of us or a lot of them I suppose um, haven't really taken that step to getting to entrepreneurship or working for themselves mm-hmm. um, what would you say has been the, sort of the, the most valuable piece of advice you can give to get there and also you know sort of things you learned along the way that you maybe wouldn't do again any regrets um, that's a good question so starting your own business is not for everyone right it's it's hard it's a long it's a lot of like long hours it's a lot of work uh, one thing that I wish that I did in the beginning is took more time on the weekends um, you know away from family and friends and actually missed out on events and put more time into planning my you know future weeks I just feel like I could have put more focus and planning into my business and then right. maybe I would be in a different position that I'm in now I'm happy where I am now but I mean, you live and learn, right? Yeah, so. for sure. So you're saying, like, you know, kind of invested a little bit of the free time in... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. just I could have focused a lot more on um, making business plans right. for my business. Right, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, how do you get the most out of what you're doing right now? Um, and then where do you get most of your clients? Um, like, do you, direct, do you do direct sales? Do you... Is it word of mouth, advertising? I mean, um, most of my clients have actually come from Instagram, believe it or not. That is interesting. (laughs) Uh, Social media is really important. Um, I make sure to stay on top of my posts and do stories, and I do interacting posts too where I ask people questions. Um, And then also a lot of it is referrals. Uh, I I found it beneficial to actually team up with builders 
and uh, create kind of a solid team. And a lot of my work has come from those builders. Okay. I guess it adds sort of like a a personal touch. Um, Yeah, exactly. And when people are going to um, renovate a home, they don't normally go straight to a designer. They go to the builder contractor first. For sure. So if I'm already in contact with them, they're going to refer me. Right. So. so in that example, like what, where would you insert yourself in the, in the process? Like if somebody approaches a builder, they're usually focused on the cost, right? Yes. And then you're, I'm assuming like it's sort of a, a, a luxury to add you into the mix. Yeah. I mean, some people want me for the entire process and some people just want a simple consultation with me. Right. So it really just depends on the level of the project. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Yeah. Um, what like what would be most of the stuff that you're working on? Mostly residential and I guess like sort of the upper upper it, upscale stuff. Yeah, I mean it's all residential. Most of my work is in Toronto or Mississauga. Um I actually have a bunch of condos on the go right nice. now. But uh most of them are usually four thousand square foot houses and up. Right, okay. But I've built my business around is yeah. doing that scale of homes, but I, I'll really kind of do anything awesome yeah. okay yeah I definitely want to dive in a little bit more on the the product itself um, in the mm-hmm. future like but I guess I'll start I always ask people at the beginning of this uh, of the podcast like a couple of rapid fire questions and they seem sort of random but they help to build context <laughs> okay. um, and so the they, the first one would be what place or what building do you spend the most time in so um, I actually find myself sitting in my bed and working, which is not a good place to sit and do work at all, but um, it's either there or my office because they're both quiet places. I'm comfortable and I feel like I can focus the most in those places. So home or office? Home or office. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And And my home office as well. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm and I guess the the reasoning behind that is that it's just the comfort thing. Like, it's that's just important for you. quiet. Right. Nobody bothers me. Yeah. Um, and it's just easy, you right. know? Yeah. I just, I feel comfortable. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> um, I could not do the same, but... but uh, no, you get too distracted right? at home. Yeah. Well, actually, it's it's funny. Um, you know, you, you and I were talking about how Jamie and I are, are going to be moving into a new place. We were talking about that before we started recording, but... Um, yeah, it's exciting. And it's a... It's a huge house and and uh we want to use basically the, it's got a walkout basement unfinished but like I, my i used to have my office in my garage which was like total shithole to be honest with you it was concrete floors and like all this stuff so i kind of want to get back to that vibe because like some of my best work was done there but and, but i like that it was in, in a detached garage away from everything but i still kind of need that like really like gritty startup feel so yeah for me it's the opposite right. because I'm a designer I yeah. like pretty things so I found that if I kind of tailored my office to things that were bold and excited me then I want to go in there and do right. work yeah it's fun <laughs> it's actually hilarious because I think it's just like more of a reflection of like how it's sort of a personification of the way that you do work like yours is very detail-oriented and very pretty I would say and, right. and my my work is I, I like to think I mean real estate isn't so much like this but the way I do is just grit it's literally just picking up the phone and calling people or banging on doors and yeah that's the way I see my work and that my workplace environment reflects that yeah <laughs> it's pretty funny um interesting. to each their own yeah right? yeah for sure no it's just it's, it's such an interesting uh 
um, contrast between the two. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll pivot a little bit more into what you actually do and, and kind of picking your brain on, on the, the critical thinking involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the, the design space and speaking with you as a designer because um, it, it's an intimate look at the decision-making process that people put into how they use their space, and that interests me, like not only in a in a micro environment in their, their home. And that's why I asked you those two questions. Yeah. Um, but also beyond like, you know, in how we use the city or streets and, and planning and, and all of that. Um, when I worked more in residential real estate, I would often recommend that people would live in their house for a little bit before they make a, a decision on a huge renovation. Um, do you recommend this or do you find that people are often just like they buy a place and they just like want to completely gut it? And I mean, that's probably the scale that you're working at, right? Um, honestly, I'm really impressed that you would suggest that to people because that's like my way of thinking right, okay. too, because you really do need to get a feel for the space and right. see what works best for you and your family. Right? right. Um, I find that people buy houses Um, It's hard to say, like sometimes they buy houses with 80% of the quality that they want. So it might have, you know, really nice flooring, a nice kitchen, nice bathrooms, but then there's other things that they just kind of have to finish off or perfect. Um, And then I find people also buy houses just for the shell of it and for the character. Right. And they got the whole thing and yeah. make it what they want. Okay. So it really depends on, you know, the neighborhood and the style and your lifestyle. There's yeah. so many different factors, right. but, um, the you know, not every, too, I guess, right? yeah, like, not everybody wants to take on gutting an entire house. No, for sure. A lot of people can't visualize that, but yeah. that's where I come in. I guess too. creativity <laughs> does play a big role in it, right? Like most yeah. people, how often do you get it where somebody just like shows you something that's on Pinterest or whatever and they're like, this is what I want, but like kind of, and then you, they give you a house where it doesn't work. Literally all the time. Right, okay. okay. <laughs> all the time. So that's part of my job too is I have to direct people in you know, making the right decision. Like sort of coaching them through the process. Exactly, yeah, yeah, because you can't always have everything and everything that you see doesn't work. Right. So. Do you find like most people are sort of out of touch with reality in in the design space? Like they kind of think that things are possible. Like I remember when I was going through homes with people, um, you know, they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll just take this wall out. And I'm like, "Ah, I mean, yeah, you might want to investigate (laughs) that a little bit, right? Um... I don't get a ton of like design things that are completely impossible. It's right. more people don't get the reality of the cost. Right. So they have this entire wish list that they give me. Yeah. And then I break it down for them and they look at the cost and they're like, that's just way too much. Yeah. But I'm like, well, this is, you know, what you want. Yeah. This is what you wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, I think trying to convince people of the reality of what they really want is right. hard. Yeah. How much of it would you say is like actually like on the emotional side, like just coaching people through finding consensus, coming to agreement with stuff? Like, cause I'm assuming in most cases it's a, it's a couple who's trying to make a decision together. Oh yeah. Right? I'm always in the middle of their fights. Right. I've actually heard of designers. I know one who rec- who, uh, insists that their, her clients, um, do, I think three hours of marriage counseling with their design. (laughs) That's Um, a lot to ask. I don't know if I would go that far, but I'm definitely in the middle because husband and wife, they have different ways of looking at what should be done. Right. Um, you know, at every client is different. Is there a way that you could kind of personify or characterize the way that they look at 
things differently? Like, where, what are men typically, like, you said that husband and wife typically look at things differently? Yeah, it... so the men, the men usually like to dominate the TV area. Right, okay. And the women usually don't like their ideas for the TV area. Right, right. And also, the women have been dreaming of this renovation for yeah, so yeah. long, right? So they've got their Pinterest pictures, they've got everything lined up, ready to go, and then the guy is the numbers person. Right. So they're, you know, just standing there shaking their head thinking this is not all going to be done. But go ahead and tell your dreams. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's hard. I'm kind of a marriage counselor in a way. I have to balance out. Yeah, Yeah, I have to balance out the couple. But in the end, it usually works out. Interesting. I try to get them to compromise. Yeah, for sure. So. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah, and I mean, it really comes down to what's most functional in the design. So when I put things together for people, I do you know, a couple different options yeah. and, and they can talk about it all they want and figure out what works best right. for them. Well, I have to applaud you. Cause I, that was like, <laughs> honestly, one of the biggest challenges that I had in when I was selling homes was that like, I would go, I just couldn't empathize at all with people attaching emotion to something because I could just mm-hmm. really just see the numbers of it. So, I mean, what you're saying is very true in the, in the, like, cause I'm a guy. Okay. So I guess next, beyond the trends that we're seeing in people and the way that they behave around design, right. um, are there any overarching trends that you're seeing in the design space with how people are re-envisioning houses or what kind of conversions you're seeing? I mean, this year I noticed a lot of people want to do painted ceilings. Really? Yeah, which the norm is just Like other plain. than white? Mm-hmm. Really? The norm is just a white ceiling, right? But a lot of people want to tie in um, like the sofa color with the ceiling. Uh-huh. Like people are starting to get a lot more bold. Right. Um, I've also been doing a lot of pattern tile bathrooms okay. um, and backsplashes, which okay. is nice to see. Like I like using pattern and color and usually people are really, you know, kind of dull and boring with the same old neutrals. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are also getting more bold with color. Right. So they're wanting colored sofas. Um not neon or anything, right. just kind of, not yet, <laughs> but like muted blues or um, mustard colors, right. kind of fun things I love like mustard. that, so me too. Jamie like threw out all my mustard clothes, but <laughs> I would say one of my favorite colors. Oh my gosh, it's a great color. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so um, I'm happy people are kind of getting more bold with pattern and color sure. because... Sure. I feel like we went through a period, I don't, and I really know nothing about design, so <laughs> I, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was like a period where things were just like, everything was black and white, and it was like, you know, your subway tile. And like, yeah, yeah, and, I mean, I still get people yeah. requesting subway tile all the time, yeah. um, but I try to switch it up, so I'm actually finishing off a bathroom right now. Uh, the shower walls are a chevron okay. pattern with the subway tile, cool. so we're just kind of switching yeah. that up, and then the shower floor is a black and white flower pattern tile cool. so cool. it's gonna be funky but still kind of muted it's black and white yeah 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 can't wait to see how it turns out yeah that's interesting <laughs> um so i guess we'll return more to the the product itself mm-hmm. um you'd mentioned before that you were doing quite a few condos right yes. now yes yes um, i have three on the go actually. i guess now the the price point for condos has kind of hit um a high where it, it's substantial enough that people can start investing a lot of capex in in the the product. Right. Um, can you tell me a little bit about? I think I had mentioned in the notes that like I I really like what condos do for from a product perspective. Like mm-hmm. it's not so much people just buying homes to be excessive and 
you know, park as many cars in the driveway and have as much furniture as they can. But condos, like, especially for young people, most people we know probably live in condos. You and I are probably two of the few that I know that live in houses. Exactly. It's sort of like, sorry to interrupt, but uh, it's sort of making young people live, like, minimally and get rid of all of her shit. No, you're right. And I think that that's kind of valuable, at least, a little bit. Yeah, I mean... I'm see, I have, like I said, three condos on the go right now. Um, one of the couples is older. They've got to be in their late 40s, yeah. and they don't have kids. Right. Um, and they like the condo lifestyle because they just like to go out and try new restaurants. Right. It's just the two of them. Yeah. You know, they don't have any kids. It's just their stuff, and they like just the simplicity of... For sure. You know, walk. They don't even have any pets. Right. So they like to just, you know, go down in the elevator, walk across the street, and yeah. go to a, a restaurant. So yeah. for them, it works. Um, I mean, for younger people, too, I think it's a good transition to kind of get into learning how to pay for your own place. Yeah, and yeah that's a good point. <laughs> learning to have bills and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, for some people, it's a transition, and for some people, it's, it's a long-term thing. Yeah, for sure. But... Um, uh, it really depends on your lifestyle, I think. Yeah. Do you find any challenges with, like, trying to adapt the design trends that we just mentioned to smaller spaces? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, for a condo, you have to go through the condo board. Right. There's certain things that I'm not allowed to do. Right. Um, a lot of condos have... Um, cement ceilings as right. well so i get people asking me for pot lights right i can't do pot right. lights so there's definitely a lot of restrictions that come with condos um and obviously size of furniture as well yeah, yeah. but uh in terms of color and and all the same kind of other bold design accents i yeah. can do that won't change too much right um so beyond like the condos and then you're sort of like I guess a lot of the houses that you work on are sort of like your more big suburban, like chateau-esque stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you think like, um, and kind of going off script here a little bit, but like Mm -hmm. stuff like the, the mid-century, because I've seen like a lot, like in the beaches as an example, there's a lot of that mid-century product. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, like they're like, you go to Structube and it's like all mid-century furniture right now. Is that, are we (laughs) like that? So from an interior design, like the actual furniture piece, is that, are those, do those trends carry over at all? Like are people, is the, the, uh, sex appeal that's carried into the, the furniture resurrected mm-hmm. and now that product is like kind of high demand would you say or that product is high demand right now for oh, sure yeah um it's that and mixed metals too right okay like you're not seeing people go with the same old you know all wood throughout right. or all leather or whatever yeah. it may be people are really starting to mix things right, and, okay. and getting bolder like just all around bolder with design it's just so great to see do you think that that carries over at all to like the actual house like or because i know like in toronto it's so funny like you know in, in the suburbs you can get a, a huge house and then the same people of like the same class would live in a tiny little house in Toronto for the same price. Um, But then there's like also some fringe product in the cities or in certain areas of Mm -hmm. it. Like, you know, you've got wartime bungalows in Mimico, let's say, and and mid-century modern stuff a lot in in the beaches. Um, Are those, like, do do people, are are your clients or different people in the design space going after that type of product with an objective like they want a mid-century house because they can apply a certain type of design to it or um, is it more like you're the people who can afford something like you do right. literally just going for the, the big kind of blank canvas I mean again it really depends on I mean are you talking about what do people what house do they go 
yeah buy towards yeah. or what yeah i guess like i, I what I'm just furniture would I'm, they yeah the ha- i would say, i think just between like if the furniture is mid-century right now mm-hmm. does that mean that people are also looking at like or mid-century houses are also just right i get what you're saying yeah i mean maybe right uh, it, it's tough to say. It's That's probably so more of a me question say. to answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. That's fine. I yeah. should probably know the answer to that question. Um, I mean, if somebody is going to buy a mid-century house, yeah. you usually when you're designing the interior of the house, you want it to reflect the character of the house itself. Right. So if someone's buying a mid-century house, then they would probably want to incorporate some mid-century furniture. Right. Maybe not all. Yeah. You don't want to, you know darken it too much but i mean you need to keep in tone with your house right so if somebody goes to you dan and says i need you to to show me some really modern houses i like clean and sleek they're not gonna go buy mid-century furniture they're gonna go with the tone of keeping things really minimalistic right right? okay so it's it just really depends. So it varies probably person to person. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you would say like probably if their taste is in X type of furniture, let's say, then it's probably the similar product from a house perspective. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Um, I I wanted to also touch on century homes while we're on that topic yeah. because I'm a huge fan of them and Me like Jamie too. and I, that's like what really what we want to do. I mean, we live in one right now, but it's not it's not like a, a American Foursquare. Which yeah. are the ones that you used to be able to order from Sears? I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, that. so you could order it in a Sears catalog. <laughs> you know, like the all the red bricks. Yeah. Yeah, those are were all, like, you would order it from a Sears catalog. They would deliver it to your house, and you could build the house yourself. Wow, yeah. I did not know that. That's what my parents live in. Right. Okay. And that's what I grew up in. Yeah. Is an old country nice, farmhouse. Nice. So yeah. Um, I I wrote a blog about so there, there's this um series of books and videos called How Buildings Learn. If you ever want like a, it's probably boring because it's like from the 90s when they did the video series but which is kind of funny too um but basically it it sort of talks about like the way that um, developers and builders and designers um, tailor product over time to meet human desires i always thought that century homes were one of the most interesting reflections of it because when they were first built televisions didn't even exist right? right and that so that the room was designed in such a way that it was centered around the fireplace and then in the 70s they lost popularity because you had to have a living room in which you could get this huge tube tv in the corner and then you had like these long living rooms yeah that made no sense around a tube tv and 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 century homes really weren't popular during that time now a television is as small as a painting and can go above the fireplace and like i think that that plays a role in why they're they're so popular because they're functional from that perspective absolutely um is there any way that like is there any sort of things that i'm like examples of things similar that you've caught just interesting shit that you've yeah. stumbled across in your experience as a designer that mm-hmm. that could let like might i don't know create an opportunity or a trend that that you've noticed um similar to that that people should be aware of and you're allowed to say no if the answer is no. A, tr- a trend in homes? Yeah, homes are like uh, things that people want from homes. Like if, mm. you know, if, if you were, I don't know. I mean, and I know this is sort of kind of a, like a, a, a mashing together of a lot of the questions that I planned to ask you. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if you were purchasing right now, knowing that, you know, design trends are going in a certain direction, is there something that you would tell somebody not to buy? Like are dining rooms going away or, you know, because like. 
I know there was a period of time where new homes were being built without dining rooms because they have right. a, an, or sorry, without eating kitchens. So they have a, a island and a dining room. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, is anything? I mean, I've noticed that there isn't a specific trend with that. Um, again, it really just depends on the, you know, the couple or the family right. and what is most functional to them. Right. Um, some people, you know, when they're looking at houses, they're only going to buy a house maybe that has, um, an island and no dining area because they only spend time in the kitchen. Right. So, I mean, if it's already updated too, right. they're not going to gut it right. to fit. Right. What they need. Yeah, so they're going to look for that. Okay. Um, Are we looking at... So then, like, assuming, you know, a modern family has kids with tablets or laptops, mm-hmm. like, now they want probably bigger bedrooms then so they could kind of have a desk or whatever, or, or did that go away because the kid doesn't need a desktop computer or a laptop anymore because they're in, the, in their bed with an iPad, working from their bed just like you? Right. <laughs> I mean, actually... Now that you bring up kids, um, I have noticed a lot of my clients in the bigger homes asking for Jack and Jill bathrooms. Yeah, okay. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, so um, um, just kind of keeping things simpler. They don't want as many bathrooms. Right. Um, they're fine with their kids sharing a bathroom. Right, okay. So they'd rather just renovate the one yeah. and maybe even gut the third bathroom on the upstairs right. and make it another bedroom or an office. Right, so it's funny uh you say that because and we were just talking about century homes Mm because the one jamie and i looked at one on um queen street in in newmarket and um there was a cloth the way that these houses used to be built there was two huge super deep like unnecessarily deep closets back to back and basically you could knock out the wall between them and create a jack and joe between the two bedrooms and most century homes are built like that yes yeah Um, it was one of the ones that where there was a loft built into the third level as well so that would have been the master suite in that case but anyway i just thought it was kind of funny um (laughs) okay um the I think the next thing I wanted to talk about was like the your your process mm-hmm. and how you even from before you've met somebody like how do you find them I mean you, I think you kind of touched on that a little bit but walk me through like um, the sales process mm-hmm. and how you close a client and then also once they've closed how you get through the process with them like what would a typical let's call it a deal look like for you from start to finish okay so I mean. Like I said, most of my clients come from Instagram or referrals. So let's say it's referral-based, which is most of my clientele where it comes from. Um, I usually get it from one of my builders. So my builder will usually send an email. Um, It's an introductory email, you know, um, introducing us together. And then I will set an appointment. I always like to meet clients at their house. Um, I need to see the space that I'll be helping them with. I need to meet the people and kind of create that bond. Um, From there, we agree on what the scope of work is going to be. And I usually get them to send me drawings um, and or pictures of their taste in what they like. So okay. say we're doing a kitchen, I'll get them to just send me a couple Pinterest pictures okay. um, because somebody can explain um, what they mean, but it's not necessarily what I see it right. meaning. You know, like they might have different lingo for things right. than what mine is. So visual, visual things is everything. Do you find that like, 
you because I, I feel like you're a pretty good judge of character and you're like pretty emotionally intuitive with people um how do you like how much of it do you they like they'll tell you one thing but you can mm. tell sort of like you can pull something out of them or the way that they're interacting as a couple or whatever that yeah. like if they're lying or they're wrong or they don't, <laughs> don't actually know what they want like how often does that play into your process I mean a lot of the time, um, I have to explain to people why they can't do something or why that might be right. a bad choice, right. but I have to really let them down easy yeah, yeah, yeah. and say, you know, like, I'm glad that you brought that up, but right, right. I really feel like this will go best with what we've already chosen. Right, right. So I just have to try to find a nice way to work in another right. possibility, right. um, because the reality is, is like, there's endless possibilities, right? Right. So that's my job is I have to narrow it down for people and then just kind of steer them in the right direction of what I, I think will be best for their lifestyle. And, you know, if they're planning on selling the house, what's best for future buyers, right, right, right. there's just so many different factors. Does that play a lot into it? Like the oh, for kind sure. of tailoring it for value in the future? Yeah. So when you're building something today for a lot of these people, mm-hmm. who are you who are you thinking that they're going to be selling it to? Um, probably families right. mostly for the big product. Yeah. For the big products, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't do a lot of bold colors, right? If these people are maybe looking at flipping the house right. for other buyers, yeah. I would keep it more neutral because you really want it to appeal to almost everyone's right. taste. You know, right. like you don't want to put mustard in the room because Jamie would come in and yeah. go, no, we're not buying this yeah, house. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. mustard gotcha. in it. You know, like, yeah. um, I mean, I'm sure she can see past She loves that. mustard now. Like no. she's wearing it, but I'm not allowed to, right? So <laughs> right. she's got like, like she loves thrifting, right? So she's got like these like orange right. yak sweaters and all this stuff. I mean, I'm sure yeah. somebody like her could see past the color, yeah. but other people can't walk in the house and go... This could be painted. Right, yeah. It's, it's amazing. It is pretty remarkable how little creativity a lot of people have. Like, so and, they, true. and they can't look past. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, in a lot of it, your process is trying to increase the marketability of the product by not excluding too many buyers. Exactly, yeah. Right. So, but a lot of my clients are planning on staying in the house right. for a lot of years or right. they're newer families, um, you know, planning for a baby. Right. So I, um, I put together some floor plans, drawings for them, and then I do um, almost like a presentation I put together. So okay. I kind of narrow down, let's go back to a kitchen again. So I'd show them different cabinet door stuff styles, right. different hardware styles, different backsplash, according to what I think their style is. Okay. Because I really think it's important to narrow it down for people. If I was to just send my clients somewhere, right. then they're looking at 20 different choices. Right. It's too much. It's, it's it too overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. really your job. I guess that sort of becomes like your role. I mean, for me, like I actually have a legal duty to my clients and you right. do too, I guess, technically when they become a client, it's your job to make represent their best interests. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is figuring out what the hell their best interests are. And I, like, I've always found that's hard when emotions are involved. Whereas yes. like if I can quantify it and just say, okay, here are the numbers, you know, is this the return that you want? Yes or no. That's why I, I work better with investors. Right. right. Um, there is a lot of emotion for sure. You're going into someone's personal space. Yeah. They have to be able to trust you. For sure. And they have to know that you're giving them the best options for them. Right. So it's really important to create a bond and really spend time talking to your clients. Right. I guess your fee structure kind of helps with that too, though. Like they're paying you to do what you do rather than, 
you know, like if you were the contractor part of it, you're just trying to like potentially saying, oh yeah, this is probably what you want. Meanwhile, it's the most expensive material, right? Or even as a realtor, right? It's like, oh, this is probably the product you want. Meanwhile, it's the most expensive one, right? Right. And that's why I think it's so great to do kind of go with a design build. Right. Because the contractor has his fees and it's all broken down. And then the designer would have their fees based on what your tastes are and that's all broken down. So you kind of know what your costs are in each area. Yeah, for sure. It's not just gonna come up as a surprise later on and then you run out of money. Yeah, and there's like no upsell, like it's not as, so it's like a little bit more genuine. I never really realized that until like we were just having this conversation. Yeah, I mean sometimes I do find my clients want to upgrade but uh, it's, that's not always the case. But it's also not because you're trying to, like, push that product on them because it makes no. you more money, right? No, Because no. you're sort of already, like, you're stacked in as, like, almost a service rather than, you know, a function of the material. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Yep. Um, okay. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to that? So your process? Like, um, the end? I mean, that's really it. Once uh, they approve everything that I've chosen for them and they've picked everything, then the ordering process starts. And uh, I work hand in hand with the builder to just make sure that the process runs smoothly. And what do you do when it's all over? When it's all over, I go there you and take pictures up. with a glass of wine. You and... have to throw them a party. Yeah. And invite all their friends over. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I should I do more of that, those. I always say that to all my buddies who are contractors. I say, like, <laughs> when you finish a reno, bring everybody through mm-hmm. and, like get all the neighbors to come through host an open house at yeah. your client's place i'm sure they want to show it off too right yeah for sure you know what i really i should suggest you that. should actually do i that. really should just go, yeah seriously yeah. like because yeah, then that's... all the neighbors want to keep up with the joneses and then right. you get all those so i actually did a really interesting house um two months ago for a guy who was on love it or list it okay. for 12 years okay. he was the contractor and i staged his house okay. and the transformation with you know it being empty to actually having furniture in yeah it really brought out the features that like i didn't help him design it right he already picked everything yeah, yeah. but just with me like putting furniture in and decorating it it changed the whole house and that would have been a good one to have people come into you know because he wants to sell it so yeah yeah actually it's it's funny you mentioned that because the holiday home tour that i always try to get you to go on yeah um, (laughs) they i think two years ago we we one of the houses on the tour was for sale Uh, Mm -hmm. it was like this beautiful um home uh estate home in king on like 25 acres oh, wow. with a barn um and uh and it was sort of like the same kind of thing um really tailoring it to like show well get massive amounts of people through at the same time yep um interesting yeah i mean yeah. like i sort of got i don't know i just removed myself a little bit from like the residential side especially because like there are just so many people in especially in this town that are like doing so much work like all the staging and stuff like that and like I just I can't uh, I brought like I just I'm so much better at and I have more value to offer to clients at like just breaking down numbers like even when you and I talk about doing deals it's like okay yeah here's the ones where I can I can tell you what this house is worth here's the money that we're going to put into it and here's what it'll be worth when it's done and you know here's the financing structure Mm -hmm. I'm not I just like I can't figure out I can't wrap my head around like the whole emotion piece of it Right. Um, but it's interesting to hear like that, you know, you understand how to, to tailor a product for, for a buyer mm-hmm. and how to like, you know, sh- make everything look good so that it's pointing out the, the different features in, in a property. And that's why we're a good team. Cause I'm the opposite. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't true. understand the numbers as much as yeah, you do, you know, right. you just rhyme off all these numbers and I'm like, 
the yeah. more the creative side right. of things. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I just say them super fast so nobody realizes that I'm bluffing. <laughs> you know? um, last time we spoke, you were in the process of interviewing for assistance. Yes. Did you end up finding one? I actually found two. So are you going to hire both? So I'm thinking about it. Okay. Cool. Um, that's, that's scaling fast. Yeah, I know. Well, one is um, an older lady who actually had her own staging company for okay. a while. Cool. And I just find that somebody that has that much experience could probably be really beneficial to my business. Right. Um, I always said if I was going to hire an admin, they would be like much older than me, like ideally yeah. double, double my age. Yeah. Like I need like a, I don't know, like a, like a mom almost to like be like, that's what she's like. Yeah. She's a couple years younger than my mom, but she's kind of definitely that mom. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of like keep your shit in order. Yeah, That's exactly. Awesome. But, and then the other girl is, um, younger and she would be really great at doing my drawings. Okay, cool. Whereas the older lady doesn't really know how to do drawings. Right. So I'm just kind of trying to figure out what's the best, um, avenue for me to take for my business. That's... Like what's the best thing for it to grow it could be both know? it could be both yeah so. i think like it, it's interesting that you say that too because it it sort of forced you to like narrow down in on the skill sets like okay the one girl is good at drawings but like maybe not worth um like spending all of the, the time investment to train her on how to do everything like all right. of the, the the operation side right yeah and, and focus on doing that piece and then the, the other could focus on the operation side and and then yeah i mean essentially you, you can focus on what you're good at which i think a lot of it is like the consultation sales like mm-hmm. the one-to-one the piece of it right that's exactly it yeah hmm. i hope that works out for you what um Thank you. did you <laughs> what, what made you decide that that was sort of like the the most logical because a lot of the people that, that are listening you know people are trying to establish themselves as you know either getting into real estate in a lot of cases to become self-employed or to get sort of into that you know the more uh, the, the freedom of, of working for yourself or passive income or whatever it is, investing. Mm-hmm. Why did that seem like the most logical next step for you? I just found that I was spread too thin. Right, okay. I have too many projects on the go. Um, so you sort of hit capacity, let's say. Yeah, and I just, I can't do all the admin work. I can't do the drawings. I can't be in four different places at once. Yeah. So I just, I need to be more focused. That goes back to really learning how to focus on yeah. what's important yeah and i'm not able to focus on what's important because i just don't have time and what's the important part the the important part is um putting together the design right because the initial design is really everything right if i can get somebody to do the ordering and the typing right. and the running around right. then i can focus on that and um spend more time with the clients right. too and even maybe going out and getting more work and going yeah. to networking events yeah so i just found that over the years i also realized that you can't be good at everything no for sure and that you need to realize what you're not good at and maybe find someone else to feel the fill that void for so sure. i don't like doing drawings right so I, you know, I'm going to spend hours sitting there doing it where somebody else could maybe do it in an hour. Right. And so. maybe better too, right? Exactly. So it's like, yeah. It's just not my forte. Yeah. It's no. funny. Um, Tim Ferriss talks a lot about that, like on his podcast, but also in, yeah. um, in the, the four hour work week, which is just like com- mm-hmm. pulling out the things that some, you can pay somebody else a lot less than you pay yourself or a lot less than you're worth to do it better than you. Right. And exactly. I do the same thing in my business. Right. It's like the challenge with what I do is that. Like, I've noticed that the one thing that I do best is origination, which like, so just getting a lead and because like, and that's not, I, I originally tried to hire people to do that for me. So it was like, 
um, I, I would try and get people to cold call because I just thought it was a numbers game, but a lot of it isn't. Like, I think that there's like, they'd make five calls and, and get nothing and I'd probably make the same five calls and I might get something out of it, right? Exactly. Because um, for me, it's, I'm, I'm often shopping for specific clients who want to buy, you know, a specific type of investment property. Yeah. So it's not so much, are you, like, I'm not calling and saying, do you want to sell your house? It's like, how much will you sell me? Like, and it, because eventually it just comes down to getting that number out of somebody. Everybody has a number. I would say 99% of people. Some people yeah. just want to stay in the house and die in it. And that's, that's great. But right. it's pretty rare that you come across that. And we're in a market right now where development land is so valuable mm-hmm. that like when I'm doing an assembly, I can basically just say, tell me what is going to be, what we're going to pay. And then the developer will come in and just say, no, that's completely unreasonable, but here's the offer that we'll give them. And then I have to go and piss the person off and go through the argument and whatever. (laughs) See, I think what you, you understand what I get too, is that we have built up kind of a brand for ourselves. Right. So if we had somebody else replace us, that's not our brand. Right. So we need to be out there being the face and talking one-on-one with those people and then having other people do the, 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 the other tasks for us yeah. right because no, a, you got to keep with your brand as well you can't yeah and it's a good that's actually a really good point because and maybe that explains why i'm ha- I'm experiencing the phenomenon i described because like mm-hmm. the way that i do a transact or the way that i that a way that i meet somebody is very reflective of the way that i do my transactions whereas like a drawing might not be or the contract that i write in my case like where i'll hire somebody to write the contract for me um might not be super reflective of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's not at all because like I have horrible attention to detail when I'm writing those things. Right. <laughs> but I have great attention to detail when I'm going through properties. Um, whereas for you, like you're, you're, I think a lot of what the 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 big ad value that you have is relationship building, understanding people's wants and needs, and you can do that from the onset of your relationship. Like be it if you meet them through a referral or whatever. And for me, it's, you know, they can see that I'm aggressive and passionate about real estate right. They immediately when I'm on the phone with them. Um, so I guess you're pulling out something that doesn't maybe need the personal touch as much, yeah. which is like back, either the back end stuff, which, it, you know, the, the administrative, which people won't even see. Yeah. And then also the drawing, which I don't think, like, I think it needs to be personalized a little bit more than probably the administrative, but. Yeah, I mean. It's not that I would even get one of these ladies that I might hire to just do everything and I'm not going to have any right. anything to do with it all. I'm still going to be there, you know, delegating and talking them through things because right. I need to be involved in the steps along right. the way right. still. I yeah. just don't have time to do yeah. the small, like, tedious things. Yeah, so it allows you to kind of, like, maintain a vision but get rid of the grunt work. Exactly. Good, Good for exactly. you. That's smart. Um... I I think I wanted to pivot a little bit and then we can kind of, you know, taper it off. But mm-hmm. I know you have interest in real estate investment. Um, yes. We spoke about it just prior to this. And I mean, we can talk a little bit about even what we conversed about, um, sort of the opportunity that I've seen in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that you have a very valuable light to shed on the investment side of things in such that you know how to maximize the the money that somebody can invest in a property. Um, yeah. So like if you were right now, you know, if somebody were to write you a check for five hundred grand and said you can go buy something cash, what would you buy and then what would you do with it? Um, you know, or like for certain like different project cost categories. Um, but a lot of the people that you know, being mindful that a lot of the people that that listen to my podcast are people like you and I, mm-hmm. where you know we don't you know we can't just go get a mortgage from the bank because we haven't been working for for twenty or thirty years with a, right. you know, a nice salary. Right. Um, 
how what sorry what would you get and what would you do with it if you I mean you know that flipping houses has been on my radar for a while now yeah. um so I mean I would love to get into doing that um if somebody was to give me that money I'd probably still pull someone else in right to maximize that money right um get them to put some in as well I also I'd love to have rental properties right. you and I were talking about that earlier um, so that's probably what I would do. I mean, I, I just want to get into having rental properties right. and just get into flipping houses and renovating and putting in what I want to put in right. instead of always having to tailor my projects to what the client wants. Right. right. And I think it becomes a whole different thing too when you get into rental. Um, yeah. Because you're almost like you're at this point you're attracting tenants right exactly. so and you also want something that's resilient enough to live through a lot of tenants because mm-hmm. like you know our area especially like people can be pretty hard on houses yeah exactly um, what kind of like if you were to apply that design thinking to the rental concept if mm-hmm. you and i were going to do a duplex deal together like we just described right yeah. um and i guess i can i can add that context um so you were talking about flipping houses and i was saying you know i think that if we can buy an old cottage rather than fl- uh, renovating it, spending like, let's say we get an old cottage for 350 grand rather than mm-hmm. spending 50 and then trying to sell it for 450 and making right. a little bit of a spread. Um, my thought was raise it cause they're already structurally pretty fucked anyway. So yeah. like get a nice new beam under it, sit it on a new foundation mm-hmm. in that new basement, put a, an extra suite, which is now going to be brand new. The upstairs I'd probably keep like spe- do as little as possible but to keep it rentable because it's going to get beat up anyway right and then the downstairs you know you're gonna it, you have to build it brand new anyway so right. you're gonna just but what kind of things what kind of decisions would you be making from your the perspective that you have on the rental market and what tenants are looking for and from design is it more appealing to a broad market or that's what i would do i would put um things in that are or items in that are appealing to multiple different types of people i mean and that's what i think is kind of lacking right now um in people that flip homes like it's a lot of builders and the builders just don't always have the design eye so they're putting in what they think should go in but it's not necessarily what looks good no for sure um like you can't just put the cheapest thing in there you know like you can't you can't do what you don't know. Yeah. I was talking to a builder a couple of weeks ago and he was showing me pictures of a house he just did. And he, he was flipping through and he stopped at this one picture of a bathroom and it had an older outdated look of right. a strip of tile through the middle of the shower. Yeah. And I said to him, I was like, what made you decide to put this tile in? And he said, Oh, I think it's coming back as a trend. <sighs> Which it definitely is not, but it was just interesting yeah. to see how the thought process. Yeah, of, the thought process funny. of what he he thought he was being inventive, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Or on the ball with things. Yeah. But uh, I think that more builders should really hire a designer. Right. You know, like it just goes back to don't do what you're not good at. Yeah, that's you know? a good point. Just stay in your own professional lane. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm not a builder, so yeah. I'm not going to go and tell the builder how to hammer in a nail, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like people shouldn't be so afraid of designers. Right. Maybe you don't hire them to do the entire project, but even just hire them to do a consultation. Right. An hour, you know, for $200 will save you a ton of money down the road. Right. 
And even if like, because I find that uh, a lot of the the sort of quick flips that we see in the market, and even in like in apartment buildings, you know, I can walk in and know what exactly what month or what year the person renovated that house because yeah. I can I know what flooring was on sale at Home Depot at that time. <laughs> wow. And like I just do cuz I'm cheap too. Like so I I'm 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 the same I have the same perspective, but I do see yeah. value in it and like that's why I think it'd be interesting to to do some investments with you because yeah. I I would lo- I would I just have a huge like this like insatiable curiosity towards whether or not like I've always said to people and you, you'll probably disagree with this and you might get pissed off by me saying it <laughs> with it but like was that especially with rental I think with with sale it it matters on like you're going to see a return on a lot of the, the design decisions but like how do I substantiate if somebody's going to spend a little bit more money on a rental but it's only going to increase the rents you know 10 bucks or 50 bucks right. or or is it like, I mean, I, I, cause if you back it up and you talk about like all of these landlords, like office landlords in Toronto, you know, Cadillac Fairview, these huge companies, yes. they're spending tons of money making the space better for people so that people work better. They have, uh, they're, they're not depressed, right? Like more right. natural light, all of these decisions. And then like, I, I'm one, and this is like a complete off, off the cuff. Cause like I have yeah. no clue, but like, if you make the house nicer and like, there's more natural light, like then the person's less likely to miss work and they're more likely to pay rent or they have a good relationship with you cause they feel good. Right? right. Like, whereas if you're renting out like a dingy, like place that doesn't show pride of ownership, um, it, it probably does translate. Yeah. I mean, uh, say you're showing somebody a, a basement apartment right. that they're going to, you know, for the owner, they want to rent it out. Yeah. And the person goes in the basement apartment with you and it's really outdated. There's, you know, mustard carpet or green yeah. carpet and yeah. old wood paneled walls or right. something. Um, and the person's asking, I don't know, twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars. Yeah. They're not going to register that in their head, right? Because they're not seeing that as like a trend or really anywhere right. else. Whereas if they walk downstairs and it's bright and right. you know there's some white and fresh new flooring and it smells nice and there's you know yeah. bright lights, lights is lighting is really everything for sure yeah lighting's so huge. if they see that then they can justify spending the money yeah i mean in a lot of cases they're probably not even going to show up if they see the outdated design in the photos right right but right. i'm wondering like if i mean i guess to me a lot of it is just like quality of life too right it's like you're you're gonna attract a better tenant but you're and i guess is there a is there like a bias almost like is somebody who is more likely to appreciate good design more likely to be a good tenant? Probably, perhaps. Um, maybe. Mean, it's a hard I mean, discrimination to make, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to emotion again, right? Things um, in certain houses register with, with people's emotions. Yeah. You know, so certain colors make you feel a certain way. Right. Red can make you angry. Right. Blue can make you sad. Right. You know, so that's why I tend to just go with neutrals throughout right. the house um, and brighten up the space. Yeah. And do lots of lighting because you can't really go wrong. Yeah. And then people can kind of spruce it up with pops of color that makes right. them feel good. Right. It's funny, um, and I, I, we'll, I guess we'll try and wrap it up a little bit, um, okay. but one of the things I thought, because I, I wanted to ask you about like sort of the open concept thing, because I've always done open concept in my apartment buildings just because there's less corners for people to throw crap in. That's it. Like, <laughs> I know, and it's convenient that it's kind of a design thing, but, mm-hmm. but um, because like, the, you know, the, the, 
the open and it, you get more you get more bang for your buck with natural light too like if you have in a lot of the the buildings that i have if they're not separately metered in an open concept space they only have to turn one light on to light up both spaces enough right yeah um, exactly so things like that i guess but from a like so from a if you and i were going to do rentals like from a mm-hmm. rental perspective um what kind of like if like design the perfect perfect space for me like a, an apart a basement apartment if we we're going to do actually the cot if we get an old cottage like what yeah. would you assuming the cottage is a shithole upstairs right and then we're putting a basement on it how would you what would you what decisions would you make upstairs and then what decisions would you make downstairs and well, let's sorry just yeah. um because i'm gonna try and apply a budget on it too so because okay. i think let's say right now and we just had a good call with your dad actually so like mm-hmm. that might have changed the, the costing a little bit on part of it but um, if the basement is, let's say, or it costs us 50 grand to get the shell of the basement. Yep. So, and we want to keep the budget for the whole project under a hundred K. So you basically have 50 grand to spend up and down. Right. Is that... Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tight. But... It's going to be tight. But, um, so f- for example, flooring, probably do laminate flooring. Okay. Hardwood is out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think vinyl is less expensive than uh, laminate but it's actually not yeah it's really expensive yeah it's so durable yeah i mean laminate's very durable too and it's water resistant so probably laminate um and then just you know paint makes a huge difference too a lighter paint on the walls um in terms of tiles for the bathrooms you know, there's tons of places that have tile on sale all the time. Yeah, I like that Home Depot one that's on sale right now. Going back to that, oh, that here we one. go. <laughs> but um, I also like tile because from a management perspective, it's a lot harder to create mold with. Oh yeah. That. Like even yeah. with our rentals, we're tiling the showers rather than the, even like a lot of guys are doing the big uh, vinyl inserts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I like tiling the showers right. um, because it kind of completes my design right, too. Right. Um, and then vanities too. You can get um, the faucet, the sink, and the vanity all in one right. for like three hundred and fifty dollars right. from some places. Right. So I mean, with that, there's no need to go custom. Right. There's things you can buy on sale. Um, right. Home Sense is a great place to do, you know, little finishing touches. Yeah. You can get lots of deals and sales there. So I think when we're thinking about doing a rental and keeping things in a budget, yeah. we just need to, you know, look for those deals and go with something that's durable but also appealing right. and cost-effective. Okay, okay. And then also, I guess, considering the management costs, is there anything yeah. that you can do to kind of reduce, like the long-term cost of stuff other than like led light bulbs stuff like that but is there like a material choice that you can do to like like what is it worth going to like a quartz countertop because it's maybe let's say double the cost versus like a laminate is it double maybe but but it'll last quite a bit longer it's quite a bit more than laminate it's probably about a thousand dollars more but um laminate's not as durable and it can chip yeah um granite is very expensive and that actually chips away too right um, quartz is like the pressed one, right? That's like yeah, it's the yeah, man-made one. Yeah. I always go for quartz. Yeah, same. All That's the time. what we have at our place. Yeah, it stains a little bit, but you can magic erase it. Oh, really? Like, I think so. Well, marble stains. Right. So I have a quartz in my kitchen, right. and it actually hasn't stained yet. Right. And I've left red wine probably, spilled oh, yeah? overnight. It's, it's coffee for me that does it. Oh, okay. I don't drink red wine anymore. So. <laughs> and I don't drink coffee. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, <laughs> The last question I have for you, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll sign off with a big thanks, um, 
is where can people find you if they want to reach out, ask you some questions? Um, yeah, whatever. for sure. So um, definitely check out my Instagram because that's where I do most of my recent project posting. It's uh, at Danielle Kelly Designs. If you want to get me by email, it's info at daniellekellydesigns.ca. And uh, all my information is also on my website at www.daniellekellydesigns.ca. Awesome. Um, I will also post those in the show notes. And um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and chat. No problem. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, no problem. You, you've really helped to, to shed a lot of light on the stuff that, I mean, I, I would say my audience right now, predominantly male, and a lot of us just really don't think about this shit. And <laughs> in, in a lot of cases, it's overwhelming. And yeah. I've gone through a lot of the design. Like, it, it's funny how much we think that we know it like even right. just in my experience in working with Jamie on trying to do our place is mm-hmm. like I wish that I was just never involved in the decision making process because I'm right. just bound like <laughs> I'm so bound to fuck it up just by being involved because like I have an opinion <laughs> and right. it's wrong like objectively wrong but and but I'll argue it because like that's how guys do shit right well um, I mean I guess just in closing I just would want to tell everybody don't be afraid to hire a designer I know it may seem like an extra cost but it really is worth it to maybe mediate the situation sure. and just throw in another opinion that maybe you hadn't thought of um we can also help keep your costs down so yeah just uh think about it and check out my my Instagram and For website sure. and everything. Yeah, I can attest to that. And we'll also um, keep you posted um, with a couple of probably, uh, I'm going to say some videos and posts um, coming up on, on some of the projects that we're planning on working on together. Yes. Um, it's exciting. I, yeah, it is really exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that a lot. So, so yeah, so stay, stay tuned and, uh, and make sure you um, get in touch with Danielle on, uh, on social media and all that other shit. Thanks, Thanks a lot. guys.